What is going on, podcast listeners? This is Carlos, CEO, GAR Capital. Thanks so much for stopping by to the official GAR Capital podcast. This is one everyone's been talking about on Instagram. Um, it's not a weekend, obviously. It's a Thursday. Hope everyone's going to have a great holiday. We're one trading day away from Christmas Eve. And I um, hope you guys have a great one with you and your families. So let's go ahead and talk about what happened yesterday. The big elephant in the room. What happened yesterday? The Federal Reserve raised interest rates a quarter of a point, And we're going to talk about it. And I talked about that on Instagram saying, well, I think it was a good decision. And let's go ahead and give a little context and I'll explain exactly what I mean. Well, the first things first, we've been riding a bull market now for about oh, nine to 10 years now. Uh, if you go back to the lows, uh, February 2009, I'll be about nine years now because we're in 2018. Uh, the SPX, which is the S&P 500 index, was at 735. 2008 was when everything basically collapsed in the financial crisis. We already know what that is. If you're interested in what, that, what exactly happened, The Big Short is a great movie to watch. Um, there's a lot of financial documentaries on YouTube that talk about it. Um, a good one is uh, something called Inside Job. It's a documentary, great one. I really do enjoy that one as well. But we're going to talk about how the Federal Reserve went from there to where we are now. Back in 2008, 2009, we were in an unprecedented uh, situation in the global economy. Uh, it wasn't even a slowdown. It was just basically uh, you know, a cardiac arrest for the financial system with exactly what happened. So the Federal Reserve, what they did is actually lower interest rates and also provide something called quantitative easing, called QE. So that's what that means. QE is quantitative easing. What does that mean? That means the Federal Reserve is going to buy government bonds. They buy government bonds to bring down interest rates in the treasuries, which lower borrowing costs for companies. So you're probably thinking to yourself, well, what, what difference does that make? Well, of course, borrowing costs is a big deal. A lot of companies provide or service debt. Um, debt and borrowing is the lifeblood of the economy, period. Fixed income market is way bigger than the equities market. That's more traded. When you think of a Wall Street trading desk, you're probably thinking they trade stocks. They actually trade fixed incomes, which is bonds, bonds, anything borrowing. And then you have high investment grade, which is the highest ones, Johnson & Johnson, Microsoft, you know, AAA bonds like the U.S. Treasury. Then you have junk bonds, which are called high yield bonds, which are, it's like saying lending money to someone with a credit score of 500. And AAA would be someone who has a credit score of 800. Think of it that way. So... We talk about how the Federal Reserve back in 2008, 2009 did quantitative easing by buying uh, treasuries to lower interest rates and adding money supply by lowering interest rates in the market. When they lower interest rates, that means they're pumping liquidity, meaning cash, into the economy so people can borrow and spend. Remember, 80% of the economy in this economy is not the stock market, it's consumer spending. So again, that's a big cog or the biggest cog to the mechanism that we have called the U.S. economy. So, back to where we were, 2009, 2008, the Federal Reserve started buying back bonds, lowering interest rates, pumping liquidity in a broken system, and then we had the $700 billion bailout. So again, the market was bailed out then, in 2009, 2008, by the U.S. government and the Federal Reserve. So it has happened before. So now we have run up nine years. If you look at an SPX chart, we've run up nine years. That means from 735 to 2940 of the October high. That's the all-time high of the SPX, 2940. That's a 300% increase in the S&P 500. So in nine years, we have grown 300% in the S&P 500. Okay, so now we can, I think we can all agree now we have a good economy. 
low interest rates, very tame inflation, um, uh, consumer spending is up, people are getting better jobs, higher wages. It's a good thing. The president, President Trump is talking, touting that we have the greatest economy ever. That's quote unquote. He said that. Just a disclaimer here. Yes, I am a Democrat, but I'm not going to go ahead and bash the president here. He is absolutely correct. And he's done some policies, policies that have helped. Deregulation of the markets do prop markets short term. Tax cuts, not so much, but that's for another podcast. But just wanted to give you that information as well. And another disclaimer. Yes, we do short the market when things go bad, but I also own stocks long term. So again, it doesn't benefit me by me talking down the market because I still own equity positions in stocks all over. So again, if stocks go down, I still get hurt, but it helps our signal group and options group when we short the market. And it's very true. We do make money that way. Just wanted to give that disclaimer. But for the most part now, let's go back to what the president said. President Trump saying we have the greatest economy on earth. Yes, we have hiked many times, but when you many times recently, but when you actually have a overheating economy, the Federal Reserve's job, their mandate is to balance out the economy. You can't have an economy that's too hot because that brings inflation. You can't have an economy that's too cold because, well, you get a depression and a recession. So again, the Fed is in a very medium, medium level there where they have to balance everything. Very difficult to balance. But this is why they're bureaucrats. And I've heard of this argument on CNBC that they're bureaucrats. What do they know? They don't know anything. They're not voted on. You should be very happy that the Federal Reserve is not voted on by the voters. Could you imagine the Federal Reserve board members or the chairman going on the stump and campaigning saying, vote for me, I will give you cheap rates forever. You can't have voter influence on those big time decisions. You can't. You can't because popular opinion, including the United States, will always side on what they can get. Check liberals, Democrats, conservatives, whatever they can get out of the government. Somehow, some way, everyone has their own little thing that they want to get. That's not a political answer. That's a human answer. Ask any congressman when they try to fight for defense contracts for their district. That's their job. They're supposed to fight their, for their constituents. So imagine if Federal Chair Powell was actually on the stump every four years trying to get your vote. Would you vote for the man who says, I'm going to tighten credit and I'm not going to make credit available to you and I'm not going to make liquidity available to you? Do you think that man would get any votes? Probably not. But if the guy said, hey, I'm going to pump more cash into the economy, lower your interest payments on your car note, your mortgage, and your credit cards, he would win by a landslide. People don't think about policy. They think about what feels good at the moment. And unfortunately, the United States is drunk on cheap money. And I'll tell you exactly how. So now think about the regular Fortune 500 companies, right? Fortune 500 is the 500 top companies on the planet. Did you know that CEOs usually get paid, usually, not every single one, get paid by stock performance? That means if their stock price goes up, they get a bonus at the end of the year. So it actually beholdens them, it emboldens them, and it's actually better for them to push their, mark, their, their stock price up so they can get that bonus. Just like anything else in life, human beings are going to want to push for what works for them, whatever benefits them. Again, that just helps them, it's, and that's okay. But not in a Fortune 500 situation when you have thousands of employees that you have to worry about and thousands of shareholders you have to worry about. More than that in a second. So you're a CEO of a Fortune 500 company and you can borrow money from the Federal Reserve or from a bank who borrowed from the Federal Reserve at less than 1% where we were in 2009, 2010. What do you do then? Well, you could borrow money from the bank and in order to prop up your shares, you buy back stock. And we have actually had the highest amount of buybacks 
in the history of the S&P 500 recently. About $600 billion in buybacks. And what does that do? That removes the supply of stocks outstanding. Sorry, we got interrupted there. It removes stocks outstanding. So again, when you have CEOs buying back stock, it removes stocks outstanding and props up the share price. So again, it helps when you could borrow cash at low rates to buy back stock. And that pushes the stock price up. That's nice short term, but it removes money long term and adds debt to the balance sheet. That causes leverage. Not exactly good long term. Good short term, but not good long term. So that's where we are with CEOs and companies. They borrow money and they prop the stock price. So if you have cheap cash that can borrow and prop up the stock price, where do you think the stock price is going to go? It's going to keep going up from 735 to 2940. Yes, we've had more earnings. That is correct. But you're talking about has earnings jumped 300% from 2009 to 2018? Probably not. Let's be generous and say they've doubled since then. But why have the stock market gone 300% to the upside in nine years? Do you think we're grossly overvalued? Looks like it. Now remember, the Federal Reserve's job is not to prop up your portfolio. That's not their job. They're not their job to embolden CEOs. It's not their job to make CE, uh, CNBC talking heads happy. That's not their job. Of course, CNBC talking heads are unhappy and stock traders are unhappy. Why? Because their job is based on stock performance and their stock market and portfolio goes down. That hurts them. It's all about what's in it for them. Like we talked about the CEOs. Okay, but stock prices now, that's one part of the equation. Now, Federal Chair, uh, the Federal Reserve with raising rates is also going to unwind their balance sheet of all the bonds they bought. Instead of calling quantitative easing, it's called quantitative tightening. So that also hurts as well. Yes, the Federal Reserve usually hikes rates into a recession. But again, guys, we're 10 years in. This is the cycle of the economy. You can't have it forever. I'm not saying we should have it during the Trump administration. It doesn't matter what administration it is. I don't care if Hillary got elected. You can't have this forever. It has to be a free and fair market. If we're just going to have stimulus forever, then let's just call the United States for what it is. Financial engineering, and we're just as bad as China. You can't have the government just give out money forever, cheap money. It doesn't work that way. The Japanese did this in the 90s, and it didn't work out for them. It's called the lost decade. You can't have negative interest rates forever. Look at Japan. Look at Germany. Not good. Guys, this is what it is. Now, you may feel a little pain now, and I agree. My portfolio is in a little pain now after this uh, rebalancing or you know, repricing of the market. But this is, the, this is what we have. This is called the cycle. Recessions usually are about two years. The problem is that as the Federal Reserve intervenes even more, more recessions become more severe. So Brett Chair Powell did the right thing by following mandate and understanding that, you know what? Everything goes by cycles. If the economy is so strong, like everyone says it is, then what? So you have two sides here. If the economy is so strong, then a run rate hike shouldn't matter. 25 basis points shouldn't matter. Or you're saying that the economy is very sensitive. If the economy is very sensitive, then we don't have a great economy and then the stock prices are way too high and we're going to fall anyways. The problem is that if you don't hike and stock prices go down, how are you going to fix it when we have a real downturn and a real issue? You can't cut rates even more when there's not enough to cut. You have to add ammo to your gun. So again, guys, you can't have both ways. Either we're a strong economy and we can handle rate hikes or we're really, really sensitive and if we, and if we don't rate and if we cut rate hike, that means that stock prices are way inflated anyways. So one way or another, stock prices are way inflated in price due to overzealous CEOs buying back their stock. We have not jumped 300% in earnings in nine years, but yet the stock prices have. 
So something has to give, guys. Something has to give. This is the Federal Reserve. This is what they did, and they were prudent to do so. Again, are they going to rate hike the next two, uh, next two meetings? Yes. Is it welcome? Yes. Are we going to hit a recession in 2020? In my opinion, yes. It has been 10 years. This is what happens. Unfortunately, Donald Trump, the president, has inherited this. Yes, he has. And he's actually emboldened this. Yes, he has. It's not a political statement. It's a fact. So again, he put his name on this. This is why presidents and heads of state do not put their names on the stock market. Because A, he has zero control, and B, they're very volatile, and then he'll get blamed for everything. Unfortunately, that's what he's going to inherit, and he's going to have to bite that sandwich. So that's where we are right now. So what does it mean for your portfolio? What do you do? You get defensive. I say if you're in the long term, stick with what you got. I wouldn't buy anything at the moment. I think we have a little more downside. Puts are a great way to hedge your portfolio, buying puts in the option market against your portfolio. That would be a good way to do it. And number two, dividend paying stocks are great because now they have to fight interest rates that are going higher and pay those out. So again, I like Verizon. I like AT&T, Clorox, Consumer Staples. Those guys are going to stay around. Coca-Cola is going to pay out in, uh, dividends. They have never lowered their dividend. I like those guys. Kimberly Clark, you know, Federal Reserve doesn't really, uh, it doesn't really affect Coca-Cola prices, as you know, or Verizon wireless bills. It's not interest rate sensitive like a bank. So again, that's one way to play that well. So again, I hope this explanation helps. And I'm, I apologize for getting interrupted in the middle of it. I had a phone call. So we'll go ahead and catch you for the next podcast. Have a great one, guys. Have a merry, merry Christmas from GAR Capital, our family to yours. My name is Carlos again, founder and CEO of GAR Capital. Have a great one, guys.